Welcome to Pat's Bench. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, that's what uh, that's what I'm calling. It. My my angle there is is that I want to be like you know, to, on the on, on the bench today. You know, like my like it's a workbench thing. It's not a sports reference. Well, that's why we're uh, we're doing this whole different day thing that we can dive in and you know instead of just mentioning things because we we were doing a lot of mentioning. Because like you know? me, I'm just like a tinkerer, you know. So I I, I like to you know, mess with stuff and like, I've got a lot of techniques and like, I, you know, I've right. Well, me, stuff. I like to actually get out there and use the stuff. Well, yeah. Know? I mean, well, you like to get out there and fish. So what do you mean? You like to get out there and fish. Yeah. You said that kind of like, yeah, it's all no, no, trust me. I like fishing and this, uh, but, uh, on the bench today is going to be not so typical for what I'm going to be doing. Today's the story about my trip to Isle Royal. Yeah. Well, that was pretty exciting. So I'm actually curious. You told me a little bit. I'm curious how you're going to put this in order. So I'm going to put this in order. I'm going to go by the dates. Okay. So, um, but yeah, the, the pronunciation is Isle Royal. I'd like me and Joe, Joe and I were calling it Isle Royale, like, you know, battle Royale, but, um, that's like a mixture of two different types of pronunciations. I, I just heard, heard it. That. Where did you hear this? I'm not going to mention where I heard it because we don't say that on this podcast. Okay. So you heard it from like another podcast or something? Yeah. Okay. I just heard this One too. One that you listen to. Okay. I just heard this too. And I, I was thinking of you guys when I heard that. But uh, I, I knew that going in. So like I, I knew that before I heard it on that. But uh, if you say Isle Royale in front of like the Rangers, they kind of give you a little weird look. Oh, okay. But uh, so no, it's Isle Royal, and you know the way it's spelled, you're gonna say Royal, but it's it's Isle Royal. But uh, yeah, so uh, day one, I think I'll just start here. Uh, we drove up there. I I got off of work at like ten thirty on the on the dot, and I was at the gate with my backpack on and all my stuff ready to go right at ten thirty. Joe picked me up. We drove through the night. I didn't sleep a wink. Um, I'm sure you probably know why. I can't sleep when I'm. Not the one that's driving. I think the only person, not this is no offense to Joe, but the only person I can't sleep with or that I can sleep with is Jim, actually. Oh, when thanks. Jim drives, I can sleep like a baby. And he does. Um, <laughs> and he does. You always look over and you can you can just about guarantee Pat's over there sleeping. I can I can sleep when Caitlin drives, just kind of, I I don't know. I got to be super tired. But like uh, with like Joe, my dad, any of them, can't do it. You know? used to sleep with Dan because you used to sleep all the way up to on, on the vacation. Not anymore. Can't do it no more. Well, yeah, because you drive. You better not be. <laughs> well, no, I'm, I'm just saying, like, if I were to take a 10-hour drive with him, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. There's certain people I can't. And I'm not – it's no bash against her. But anyway, we're moving away from this. So we drive up there. We get there. It's like – I remember texting Kate, hey, sent this message at 555. There's no cell phone reception in Copper Harbor where we where we drove to to get on the boat. Um. So the guy says, oh, yeah, once you get out there about 45 minutes, you'll get plenty of reception. We're thinking, sweet, all right. And I was told that the reception on this island is, like, super faint, so you, you know, won't get it anyway. So I tried calling you a couple times because I saw your Snapchat, and I was like, oh, maybe he's got reception. So I tried to call you, but it, it was dead. So uh, get on the boat. Uh, they do this whole big spiel about, you know, how the boat works and all this stuff. And me and Joe are so deliriously tired at this point. He's been up for over 24 hours. I've been up for at that point close to 24 hours and uh the boat ride was really rough on the way there like super rough we actually followed a storm out so we're getting like the aftermath of a storm the entire way oh okay and uh but the boat's thrashing there's a bunch of people on there you know we didn't we didn't know how the boat works so we didn't get a good seat got a really bad seat in fact and uh right in the front of the boat and if you didn't know this the front of the boat is where the most um thrashing happens because oh, yeah, it's definitely. like way above the tipping point, like the weight point of the boat. Yeah. So uh, I slept, you know, 
doing the quotation fingers thing here. I slept for like, I don't know, maybe like an hour and 15 minutes. But the boat ride takes three hours, three and a half hours. Oh, it's that long, huh? Yeah. Um, but then when we arrived, uh, me and Joe are both deliriously at this delirious. At this point, I had to pee so bad. Uh, I was about to jump in the water and just take care of it, you know? Yeah. But uh, we're standing there and the girl, I wish I appreciated this in the moment. The girl who was our like ranger to give us an orientation was really good at her job. Like really, really good at her job. And in the moment I found her annoying because I just had to go to the bathroom so bad. But uh, she like got everybody into the conversation and uh, I'll tell you why she was so good at the very end. But uh, she got everybody into the orientation and she was saying, you know, like, you know, moose are dangerous. This are dangerous. That, you know, all the stuff we already know. But then the funniest part was she brought humor to stuff that's kind of morbid. So uh, the the wolves are pretty rare on that island. So if you see a wolf, you're like super lucky. But she's like, if you see a wolf and it's coming at you, you know, you have to fight by any means necessary. And then she goes, woo, and, you know, because she was doing that the whole time. She was definitely a woo girl. But uh, didn't think much of it. Didn't I mean? I'm not lining up here for like us seeing a wolf, but uh, it was uh, it was pretty cool. So we're walking out. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna get my walking sticks. We go and get a Michigan fishing license for uh, Saturday and Sunday because the way it works there is uh, you can fish the inland lakes with barbless hooks with no license. They have their own set of rules on oh, like cool. what fish you can keep. Yeah, uh, I wasn't about to grind all the barbs off my hooks though. I would have if I got caught, you know what I mean? But like, uh, and you know what? Barbless hooks, they don't really, I don't know. I, I, no, I it's a common practice. They work fine. Um, yeah, they work just fine. I mean, I was fishing sturgeon with barbless hooks and it worked just fine. Yeah. I didn't lose one, you know? Yeah. It's, you got to keep more tension and stuff like that. It's more of a fight, but it is better for the fish, especially some of these like uh, gut hook ones. You know, you just got to slide it out. Yeah. And the, 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 the awesome part about barbless hooks is you just go whoop. And do it. But I, my whole thing was, is I want to keep my, you know, lures kind of original. You know what I mean? I don't want to go messing up a whole slew of my lures. No, but I would have done it for a few of them. You get a couple of rooster tails or maps or something, pinch the barb off, you're fine. But then if you're going to fish actual Lake Superior, you need a Michigan license. Oh, okay. Um, so we went and got a Michigan license for Saturday and Sunday because our plan was to make it back to the lake by Saturday and Sunday. So um, day one, this is Thursday. Um, we take off and we start walking. And I'm I'm all dressed up. I got... My coat on, I got my gloves on, and man, it gets, like, Lake Superior is cold, right? So when you're actually on Lake Superior, you're freezing your butt off, but then you get on the lake and you start walking, and uh, man, I, I got so warm so fast, so I took my jacket off, I stuffed it in my pack, and we walk, I think it was like three, it was like the, almost the exact distance of like a 5K, where you take off on this one point, and then you start going up the mountain. The old time Joe's telling me, oh yeah, our first campsite, day one's not that bad, our first campsite is only six miles away. I'm thinking, oh. Okay, you know, we're halfway there, right? And uh, so we, we start walking up this trail, and it says Mount Franklin on it. And I'm like, okay, you know, Mount Franklin. What's what's a mountain on this place? You know, it didn't look. Man, it was up and down, and you go down a valley, up a valley, down it. You know, and Joe at one point said we had climbed, like, over, like, 1,200 feet, even though the elevation, like, from the lake to, like, the tip-top point is only, like, 500 feet. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you go down it a few times and up it a few times. And you might be thinking, oh, going down is real easy, right? Like a bike? Mm-mm. No, me and Kel did that one mountain. It was, uh, hmm, I think it was 1,500 feet up. And we had to come back down that one. And going you know? down is almost as tough as going up. You're, you're not using like the same kind of cardio, but your balance, your joints, all this stuff is Your joints, definitely. Definitely. Um, By the end of it, you feel it. So we're walking on this trail, and there's like a couple of these rock faces that you can't really tell. 
a discernible trail on them, right? And uh, so we walk off on a couple of those. We end up walking more than we have to um, just to find the other part of the trail, you know, after the rock face. So we're on this one trail and a uh, guy and a girl come up to us and they say, hey, we just saw a moose with a calf. And the calves were just born like two or three months ago or something at this yeah, point. Yeah, they're so small. And the mothers are going to be like super protective over them. So we see a moose. I was actually walking, huffing and puffing, and uh, I bumped this moose. This moose runs out, and, uh, you know, it's a – it's a um, why can I not think of this? It's a cow. She, she runs out onto the trail, and I'm thinking, whoa. So I actually kind of run back to Joe, if you can even call it a run. And Joe's like, hey, chill out, chill out. And I'm like, you know, I just bumped this thing. So I had heard but 20 minutes ago that this thing had a calf with it. And I'm thinking, this thing's coming to kill me. You know what I mean? A little charge him. You got to keep something between you and them. Anyway, it took us about an hour. Joe got a crap load of pictures. Joe was the, like, Mr. Photographer on this trip, which he took awesome pictures, by the way. But uh, um, took us an hour to get past this this cow. And the whole time we were thinking she's got a calf with her, right? No, we never saw a calf. Um, Could have still been in the woods, though. She was on the trail, so we didn't want to, like, run her off the trail. So we had to wait for her to get back in the swamp. Um, The way moose feed is, like, super cool, too, to me. they like stick their face underneath the water and then they like, they're grabbing all this stuff, but meanwhile they're blowing bubbles. Mm-hmm. So they're like, you know, but anyway, <laughs> that was a bad sound effect. But, uh, so we get to the top of the mountain and I'm like, all right, Joe said we've gone like five point something miles at this point. I'm thinking, man, we only got like a 1.2 to go. Well, I know the campsite that we're staying at and it says 2.4. Oh, nice. And I'm thinking, oh boy, we messed up. Well, the way we messed up was we took the wrong trail out of Rock Harbor. You're thinking there's only one. There's there's two. And one way would have cut off like like 1.2 miles or something like that. But at this point, we're really drained. Kind of didn't grab enough water. Um, I've been going through my water pretty pretty conservatively, and I'm still running out of water. You know, just take a mouthful. I, I, that's my mountain bike thing is I always just take a mouthful and then move on. But uh, we're getting like super delirious at this point. Uh, Joe's taking breaks. Um, and then he says, okay, well now we're going down. So it'll be much easier, right? No, no way. This thing, this trail down was straight down and it's rocks and it's, you know, this is all day one still. Yeah. Oh, okay. This is switchbacks and all this day one was the hardest day, but, um, uh, day two was pretty hard, but, uh, we get down there and it's like, you can see the finish line, right? You only had to crank out 2.3 miles. We're getting bitten up. The sun's like way down. Um, get to the campsite nobody there or there's a, there's no campsites available there's a lot of people there and it's it's the smallest campsite on the island i'm pretty sure there's only five spots so hmm. one lady come to find out later she was a ranger uh she said well you can split my spot we go over there and you know we have two tents because i'm not sleeping with joe but uh we have two tents and um didn't fit so we actually like convinced these one this group of i think they were sisters so we slept on their campsite set up the tent um, I made steak. My steak bled all over my pack. Ugh. Um, you know, my underwear now smells like blood, you know, like, uh, yeah. But anyway, that was a good night. I made, uh, the Dan brought version of steak, which is like, uh, olive oil on a pan and really good time. Oh yeah. Um, the first thing I did though, was I went and grabbed water and let me tell you, Lake Superior water is 51 degrees. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I filtered it, and it was like, 
uh, it was like drinking out of like the Chicago parks water fountain. It was just so clean, crisp, didn't really have to filter it all that, you know, like I did filter it, but it's, you probably didn't have to. It was so, it was so good. It was so good. But, uh, went to sleep, woke up day two. Um, you know, I was wondering like, Hey, where do you go to the bathroom around here? Right. Well, they have these little huts and they don't clean them out. So it's, it's about as bad as it smells that you think, but like the first time you go in there, you're like, man, but it really gets better throughout the trip. Like it doesn't, that's not a thing that concerns you. Right. So if you're thinking about going to Isle Royal and you hear this little detail about the campsite bathrooms, um, what are you writing down? Am I getting graded here? No, I'm just taking notes. Oh, um, I feel like I'm like talking to like, I'm, oh, like, I'm, on a, like I'm on an interview and you're like, okay, this is, I got to do all the editing and stuff. Drinks so. too much water. Um, but uh, no, the, if you're going to Isle Royale, like you really do get used to the bathrooms. Kate would take one step in there and be like, nope, we're going home. And <laughs> uh, I think, you know, but it works, right? And all the girls there, they're out there doing the same thing you're doing. Oh, yeah. Totally yeah. prepared. Um, you know, we look like the the newbies on this, especially me. I'll get into that on the next episode of my podcast um, about why I was an idiot about this trip. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be talking about my pack on the next one. Yeah. So... Our plan day two was to walk 10 miles. Now, that in the morning seemed like such an astronomical feat that we weren't going to be able to pull off. So I, I took a lot of time to convince Joe that, hey, we should really go to this other campsite. It's 7.2. We walked 7.5 the first day. So uh, we knew from day one and gained a little bit of experience that we, we didn't grab enough water, right? So I filled up my jug. I brought a half-gallon jug. I'll get, I'll get into it why that was a huge mistake on the next episode as well. But uh, fill up my half gallon jug and then I, I walk over and I was like, you know what? I'm going to fill up my dirty water bag. My dirty water bag holds a gallon. So I filled it up. I brought it down to like maybe like three quarters of a um, of a liter or yeah, about three quarters of a liter I put in there. And uh, I don't know. What, what would that end up being, Jim? What's that? Uh, half gallon. No, I brought it. I'm sorry. I brought it down to the like Half like gallon would be like two liters. Three quarters of a gallon mark is what I mean. Okay. So basically three liters. Yeah. Um. So I strap it to my pack on the front. And the whole way we're walking out there, my feet were hurting the day, like the first day, right? But my feet are just screaming on the first two miles of this. And then Joe pulls over. He's got uh, this tape that he wrapped around a chapstick. Because they apparently they give it to you in like a five pound roll. I think it's called Lumen Tape or Luco. No, Luco Tape. That's it. So we're wrapping up all of our future blisters and right underneath, if you were to draw a straight line between my big toe and my little toe on both of my feet, especially the right one, they were barking so bad. I thought I had the biggest blister in the world. It was hot. Yeah, like no, I know. Slashing around in there and slipping around and moving. And yeah, it's easy to get blisters that way. So I put Luco tape on and it doesn't help like at all. It helped <laughs> with my other blisters. Like it, it helped with my other forming blisters, but. Um, so we're walking, my feet are barking the whole day. I'm doing a whole lot of extra work just because my feet hurt and I don't have insoles in my boots. My boots are like kind of like Marine grade. I got them on a deal. They're supposed to be awesome boots, but they're not, they're, they're not comfortable. You know, they're not like a true pair of hikers, but, uh, so we, we were walking up this mountain. Joe blows through his water. I think he brought about two, but probably about a half gallon. He blows through his water. I'm not even halfway done with mine by the time we get up the mountain. And uh, I, I filter the rest of mine out. And then I, so now I've got like half of what I had before on my dirty water bag. 
And my dirty water bag is a great dirty water bag, but it makes all of that water taste like that bag. Yeah, right, right. Especially like so. And the, the other thing too, um, it it like you know it's a lot warmer now because it's now it's the air temperature, not the temperature of Lake Superior and all that stuff. One thing I forgot to mention is that Joe renamed that cove. So we stayed at Lane Cove the second day or the the first night. Uh, he renamed that cove Mosquito Cove because the mosquitoes. <laughs> it's on the north face of the the island, you know. Yeah. And uh, the mosquitoes were outrageous. We saw another moose that day, by the way. Um, they have these big planks that you got to walk by. They're about they're about ten inches to a foot wide. If I had to, if I had to guess, twelve and, inches to a foot. I'm sorry. T- no, I said ten inches to a foot. I know. I just that's right. Whenever somebody talks about how much is it going to snow, I always tell them oh, about twelve inches to a foot is what <laughs> I heard. Some people fall for it. Some people don't. Yeah, about a about a half a foot to six inches, but. Uh, but they have these planks that you got to walk. And with me with a backpack on, not as balanced as I should be, right? And I'm using my walking sticks, my little uh, trekking poles. And um, you got to take them up because you can't use them on these little platforms. But anyway, I'm on this platform and I see a moose out in the swamp next to me. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going. But that one was like 12 feet off of the water, you know? But uh, so we stopped, saw that moose. It was a great time. Make it up to the top of the mountain. Joe's going through all of his water. And... Uh, so now our next leg is like two point something miles and it is all rock face. And I, there's no flat footing anywhere on this. The trails are half the size of a single track trail. If you can imagine that. Oh yeah. That's how me and Kel did a lot of that in Alaska. And, uh, all mostly rock face, a lot of thick brush and these thick brush, they take your, they take your trekking poles and they're like, no, nah, you're not using those here. Uh-uh. You know, like you can't put them down just because the, the footing is so tight. One thing I will say is that if you're doing a trip like this, don't kid yourself. You need trekking poles if you're carrying more weight than you usually ever do. Um, it's all about balance. It's not – I couldn't quite figure out how to propel myself with them like you do, like, you know, basically cross-country skiing with your feet. I couldn't do that. Uh, I couldn't go at the same rate with my hands as I am with my feet. I, I don't – just not something I'm used to, something I got to work on. But uh, uh, so we get up. And we're walking this face and my feet are on fire because all of the footing that you've got now is all sloped. You know, it's all you're standing on the side of a rock and my feet are just screaming there. My feet are sloshing around in my boot. Yeah, you should have still wore some uh, wool, wool uh, socks. Day two, I was wearing wool socks. I think the thing that really screwed me up is day one. Yeah, that set you up. I wore these socks. I don't know if you can see them. They're like. Yeah, that set you up. For they're failure. like over the ankle socks. They're not like tube socks. But uh, I was thinking, ah, whatever. Just do it the first day. Don't want to sweat my feet off, you know. But uh, so walking all over the face of this mountain, we finally get to our last trail. Joe, the whole time, you know, we, we saw great views on the top of like you. Lake Superior looked like a mild low, you know. And it was just, what a great sight. This place is beautiful. Um, But we get to the fire tower, which is where we have to take a left to go down to this next trail. And at this point, I am destroyed. I am just Straight up destroyed. Now I'm giving some of my water to Joe. Um, so I'm, I'm like even more on conserving water mode. Um, so we take this left. Now, at this point, we would have either had 1.7 to go or 4.2 to go if we were going to do like the, the walk that we had decided on day two. Because, um, you know, 10 miles didn't really seem that bad until you do it, right? Yeah, you know? right. But you're thinking walking on a trail like you know, like the forest preserves, like, yeah, you can crank out 10 miles there. No problem. But in this, no way, no way. Um, so we walk down, you see, see a bunch of people. They say, Hey, you got to try the berries. You got to try the berries. 
I was so worn out that I, I wish I did, but I never tried the berries. Apparently, the like the blueberries they have a. Oh, I bet you they're the best. That's that's blueberry country up there. But everybody's telling us, oh, you got to try, you know, you got to try the berries. There, there's a, two other types that are red too. Um, they're probably raspberries and huckleberries, maybe. Yeah, it could be. But uh, so we're walking down this trail, and after a long while, now this is another valley up, valley down kind of thing, like your mountain biking, right? And I am just worn out. I'm like, I feel like Timmy or Jimmy, you know, from South Park. Yeah. And like that, and I'm not trying to like make fun of like disabled people, but that's how I feel. I just feel so like mostly on my arms because my feet are just screaming. Now, let me say one thing. At the beginning of this trip, I was very self-conscious about the weight of my bag, which it was way too heavy. But so I took my Crocs off. I took my, I unclipped my Crocs from my bag and I'm thinking I should probably not bring these, right? Huge mistake. Oh, yeah. Because then I just had to wear my boots yeah. that I've been hurting in the whole day, the whole time. Yeah, you want a pair of slippers of some kind to get to give your feet a rest. So day and, two, your, and a chance for your boots to dry off. We had heard that the shelters, they, they have like these little buildings there. that are, they're, they're basically like lean-to sheds without yeah. one wall. And it, well, the, the one wall is just a screen, I should say. Um, we, we thought we'd never get one. Day two, we got one. Cool. And uh, we, I came up to it, and I was like, I can't, you're so discouraged at this point. You're hurting so bad. Joe was in like really bad shape. Um, like after the day two walk, so was I, and we were just hurting so bad. Cramps were coming up. I, I didn't actually, I got a, a slight cramp on day one, never got another one the whole trip, but, uh, Joe was like really, really hurting, but we make it there, get to the shelter. And I'm thinking this is all of, it's, it's not emotional, you know, but you're so happy because number one, you got a shelter. You don't have to set up your tent. That's the thing that, like, on day one, I was just like, man, I know I got to set up that tent, but I did it too late, you know? But uh, so we get the shelter, and I, the first thing I did again was, like, you know, because we walked from one side of the island to the other on kind of like a huge zigzag shape that was that ended up being 7.2 miles. And uh, the whole time, you'd be amazing how good you get at percentages, thinking, oh, I walked this percentage of our walk, and I walked that percentage of our walk. And... Uh, I forget. I, I can't remember it now, but I had calculated like I was telling Joe, I was just trying to keep him encouraged. Like, hey, we only got like 82 percent of our walk left. You know, it was like real specific because I got plenty of time to think about this stuff. And uh, but anyway, we get there. I go down to water and this girl looks at me and she says, you look destroyed. <laughs> and I'm and my feet are hurting. You know what I mean? Like now I've got my pack off and I'm just walking with our water bags. And I'm like, you have no idea, <laughs> you know. So now I'm walking on these little pebbles that are on the side of the lake. And this was murky, crappy water, like just right there where all the this stuff is still day up. two. Yeah, this is still day two. The murky, crappy water that all just washed up to the side of the lake. Lake Superior is super duper clean, right? But uh, so I scooped this crap up. There's a whole bunch of stuff swimming in there, and uh, I had been saving a special treat. I was, uh, I'm a Diet Pepsi guy. Got one right <laughs> in front of me right now. But so I, I hustled this thing, you know, one of these. Um, which, you know, may not seem like that much. I can carry it in my hand right now, no problem. But you put it in your pack, and oh, it yeah. makes you feel a whole lot heavier. And I had been dragging one of these things around. and uh, But it was warm. It's been in my backpack the whole day. So I take it. I put it in my dirty water bag. And I cool it down to right around 50 degrees. Nice. And Joe and I were eating our steak day two. I brought way too much steak. That was the other thing. Um, I told Joe, I was like, hey, I'm going to bring our steak. We're going to have a nice dinner the first night. And then after that, we're on our own. 
and uh, he brought steak too. Nice. He just uh, refused to eat it the first night. He was so he just wasn't in the like the headspace to cook anything. You know, on the end of the first day. So uh, I cooked my second rounds of steak. Joe ended up dropping his. He cooked them. They looked great, and he <laughs> dropped them. I still would have eaten them. You told me that, but I still would have eaten them. But uh, so he goes, and he dumps those in the bathroom. I'm like, dude, I, I have way too much steak, so I gave him two of my own. And uh, we enjoyed steak. It was awesome. Um, and then we drank the Diet Pepsi, and at that point, we had been without it for, you know, two days, right? And uh, Joe was like, mm. <laughs> oh you know <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but this was a huge struggle man so that little bit of comfort uh i'll talk about this more in the next episode but that little bit of comfort was everything and uh so we go to bed right, wake so up day three since we've completely redone our thing we've only got like 4.2 miles to go and this this one because it's next to the lake completely flat and uh we, we walk we walk my feet are still killing me and um the, you know, the, the rest of this trip is going to be super simple because we didn't really do like the same walking that we did the first two days. And, but my feet are still on fire. Uh, we get to this one spot. It looks like the most perfect fishing spot on the planet. And, uh, we have to pass it up cause we just want to, we, we, at that point we wanted another shelter, right? So we get there, what feels like super early, we get another shelter. Um, they have this dock at that one. Um, so we're fishing off the dock. You know, a good portion of the day. We set a lot of time aside that day to just yeah, not right. walk. You, you know? didn't catch anything the whole weekend, though, right? No. Well, Joe, I, I don't really know how to fish Lake Superior. And apparently everybody, those those two days that we did get to fish, were doing, like, really poor. So. Oh, that could change at a moment's notice. I just uh, I know Joe had some mishaps because he had some old tackle with him from when we were kids. He didn't reline and all that. Yeah, you know? his line was super brittle. So, like, I would get done tying a knot, and I put a lot of attention on it, and it snaps, right? So, uh, but anyway... Me and Joe were just sitting there. There's this guy that jumps. He He's drying off. So clearly he was just in the water before. I'm like, man, how did that feel? At this point, I'm so destroyed that I have no intention to jump in the water. But So I put my feet in, right, my bruised feet. And uh, the water hurts so bad. It is that cold. It, it, it hurts so bad you can only put it in there for like 10 seconds at a time before you're like, yeah, and you pull your feet out. But that changed everything because my feet from that point were okay you know but i and uh you know we ate our meals i had um i had uh like some sausage dry freeze-dried thing it was great um at that point i only planned for like one meal a day um but uh the one thing i want to mention is in all of these shelters there's a lot of graffiti now they they preach about how no graffiti whatsoever but this isn't like you know like the hood boys you know like they're not like there's no spray paint so everybody just kind of etching their initials in with a small story. Yeah, right. And uh, we found one from 77, um, like 85. You know, we found That's some old cool. ones. A lot of ones from the 90s and a lot of ones from like the early 2000s too. But there was this one after that sausage meal. Like I said, the poopy gas expedition of like <laughs> 2004 or something like that. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I feel that. My, I mean, mine wasn't that bad. But anyway. So day four, um, we pack up. Our Wait, so day three, day three, you guys just woke up and did some fishing, a little hiking, a little fishing. Well, we, we walked 4.2 miles. Did we fished the, the tail end of the night? Um, oh, one thing I forgot to mention is there is I actually caught Joe's hair. Good thing it wasn't a scalp. But he got behind me. Um, I've got a seven-foot rod that's collapsible, and I just, like, grabbed his hair. And he made this noise, like, ooh. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, my, you know, there's a whole bunch of people on the dock, too, by the way. So they're looking at me like I'm the biggest. <laughs> butthole on the whole planet but uh 
No, but I'm thinking like, crap, dude, I just hooked Joe's scalp, you know, like the thing that me and you always preach against, you know, like when you go fishing with our dad, you see this big muscular that weighs like, you know, half a pound, just go right, right by your face. Yeah. He used to do that to me too. Uh, but now, now I'm the asshole here, right? So I, I catch the back of Joe's scalp. No, it was just his hair. But anyway, moving on day four. Um, we, again, we didn't have to pack up a tent because we got another shelter, but we walked these last three miles and I'm telling you these last three miles. Felt like a finish line, right? But the, the the mileage was going by so much slower. People had just gotten off another boat because we're getting close to the harbor that we got in at. Oh, you're heading back now? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were heading out deeper. I'm like, don't you have to retrace all these steps? No. Well, I mean, we kind of did a backway loop, but this last walk, we actually did this walk day one, but it just felt so long. We had to wait on so many people. Everybody's asking me, hey, man, what you got in that pack? Like I'm hauling around a dead body, you know? <laughs> And like all these people have like super small packs. Again, I'm going to talk about this more in the next episode. But uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of made me feel self conscious about my backpack. But I really, <laughs> really thing, don't care. This thing is like having a Volkswagen on his back. But uh, <laughs> and you know what? But that is a badge of honor to me now because I did that whole thing with way too big of a pack. And, and I looked it up, and I guess like rucksacking is like right around seventy pounds. Yeah. And at any point, I had like sixty five to seventy pounds in my backpack. Oh yeah. And like all the stuff on me. But anyway, so I did that. I did that whole thing with like way too much weight. But anyway, um, we get back. Uh, me and Joe, we're just hanging out at the shelter. We meet this fly fishing dude. And he's been out there. I got his business card right here. Um, he's been out there the last couple of days fishing brown trout. Dark and, Waters Fly Shop out of uh, Iron River, Michigan. So, But he comes back all excited. He's like, you know, he, you know, they feel kind of bro-ish into, like when we first met him. But they weren't. The guy's just a really outgoing guy. Uh, he's telling us about us. He's showing us his fly kit. Turns out this guy owns a fly, a fly shop, Dark Waters. Um, he's telling us, yeah, go out on this one back dock. Didn't even know it existed, right? Uh, so we go back out on that back dock, and we see seaplanes. First time I've ever seen this, but there's this whole line of seaplanes that just takes off and goes from there. And we got to see two land and two take off. And uh, that was a super cool experience. It made you feel like, you know what, man, I am in the Northwoods. And one of the... One of the pilots was super hot. She was. <laughs> well, at that point, you know, you'd been, you, you haven't seen anything good looking in a long time. And I know. Like, There's, yeah, there is a Northwoods hot versus normal hot. That's for sure. I'll give you that. But I, I'm willing to bet she'd rank pretty high normally. But, we were uh, laughing about that at work the other day. We're like, yeah, you give her a, you, you look at that one at the end of a five day fishing trip, she'll look pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so that day, you know, we're, we're fishing on the dock. We didn't see anything. Turns out, I really don't know how to fish like that deep of water. I'm used to like shallow stuff. You know, I'm used to fishing down, down to like 10 feet. And this, this like maybe 20 feet off the dock is like 40 feet. Yeah. You know, um, but so we, we wrapped up that night. We actually grabbed, uh, they had like a little lodge and stuff there. So we actually grabbed a pretty nice dinner. Um, day five, our license expires at 9 a.m. So me and Joe, we wake up super early. We're out there fishing. Um, still didn't catch nothing. I'm, I'm going to change my strategy the next time. I'm going to go with, uh, I guess the color up there is white. I didn't have a single white thing in my tackle box. Really? Fishing was pick- kind of a secondary thing to me for that trip. Yeah. I mean, if I only had to pick one color, it would have been white. Um, you know, I don't, I don't really, I don't fish up there. Like when you go to Hayward, like it's the, the color there is not white. It's like a fire tiger or yeah, darker. You know, uh, yeah, like browns, reds, uh, like dark reds. But uh, so day five, we finally get picked up. We sat in line for that boat because we wanted a good seat. Like some seats had tables, some didn't. So we sat in that uh, 
we sat in that line for quite a while. Oh, and the reason why that ranger was so good was because I had to sit and watch another orientation when the boat got there. And this girl was like, their, their whole thing was making the crowd say, Isle Royal is so wild. How wild is it? And then they tell you a fact about the island. Well, this girl was like, Isle Royal is so wild. And then the crowd would be like, uh, how wild is it? You know? And, uh, but so the, the reason that one girl was so animated and so good was because she made you remember that stuff just because she was a goofy, aloof. Yeah, girl. right. You know what I mean? You mean Cal ran into a couple of bus drivers like that because uh, we had to take a bus into Denali. You couldn't drive. And so there was a couple like that, too. You're right. You remember theirs a lot better than others. So Joe actually saw this girl in the ranger office um, and he said, hey, you did a really good job and all this stuff. But shout out to Mariah. We found out her name was Mariah. And then... I was going around looking for a pen. I didn't want like a, like a special pen. I wanted to write in my diary and I didn't bring a pen. Oh yeah. And, that. Um, that noise was me putting down my diary. But, uh, so I go in the ranger station and the girl behind the counter is the girl that we saw on day one who said, you guys can stay in our camp and she didn't have any room. Oh, okay. So she was actually a ranger just out there doing her thing on her day off probably. Oh, okay. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, boat ride back. They, he said it was supposed to be even worse than the time before, and it wasn't. It was like perfect. We ran into a lady um, that her son was out there diving. Um, they, I guess there's like like 30-something wrecked ships that you can actually just go dive. Oh, that's all over the Great Lakes. But uh, it's like a huge thing out there. The so good who, trip? Bad trip? Oh, dude, it was a great trip. So the, I take it the next episode is going to be uh, what you did wrong on this yeah. That's going to be the next one? Yeah. Oh, one thing I want to just add on the tail end of this. There are so many ways to get to this island. I thought there were two boats. That's it. There you got the seaplanes. You can even go on another boat and bring your boat, which is what I want to do next time, uh, and fish like trout and, you know, northern and all the stuff that they have available actually in Lake Superior. Uh, but I just love big water, man. And that whole trip was big water. You know, it was just great. It was so cool. But, uh, yeah. No, that's my Isle Royal trip. If you want to hear more about it, I mean, I could talk more about it later. I don't really have that much time to do it right now. Yeah, we're kind of uh, we're we're way past what we thought we were going to keep the episode at. So we're going to cut this one now, but you can touch up on the next one. Yeah, so so th- that's a, that's your Isle Royale experience. So I don't know. You should do a review. Like if you had to do this, do that, do this, do that. You yeah, know, things you learn. All right, so that's it. That's it. Thanks for listening. Yeah, it's the first episode of Pat's Bench. And if you want to, um. I don't know if you want to get in touch with us, just email us at uh, email us at whistlemissionpodcast at gmail.com.